Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. Hey, y'all, it is Wednesday, um, and as you know, I try to drop these episodes of Sharpen Her Iron. My goal uh, starting out was every Wednesday, um, and I am recovering from perfectionism. It is still my goal, but I'm learning even if you don't you know, reach the goal, or perfect, um, perfectly accomplish the goal, you are still given the grace. I get to give myself the grace to perfect the goal and to keep going. Um, it's interesting because I'm reading this book called Finish, and a concept um, in his book is he's really talking about like why does, does such a small percentage of people in the world finish the things that they begin or finish the things that they um, start. I'm like, yes, starting is very important. A lot of times we say, just start. Starting is very important. Um, You, of course, can never finish a thing you don't start, right? But it's not just about um, starting. It's a realization that such a large percentage of those of us that actually do begin, um, why do we quit at things or why don't we start? I mean, why don't we finish it? He um, brings up the concept of... um, perfectionism and he brings up the concept of like a lot of us let's say we're on like a weight loss journey and we are um, doing really good our health and fitness journey he brings up the idea that as long as we are sticking to the plan we seem to stay stay the course but the day that we didn't stick to the plan and it um Let's say we didn't go to the gym in the morning or if you're, let's say you're on Weight Watchers and you're tracking your meals. Let's say that day you didn't track all your points or whatever. What tends to happen is we we lose sight um, and we give up because that day wasn't perfect. And those of us who struggle with perfectionism, if it's not working out perfectly like we planned, a lot of times we abandon ship. And so... Um, I am working through that for myself and saying like, Liana, even if you didn't do it perfectly, you can still keep showing up and give yourself the grace to perfect it as you go. And there's so much more value in continuing and finishing than there is in doing it perfectly. I'll say that again. There's so much more value in uh, finishing and continuing than there is in quote unquote doing it perfectly because this idea of perfection will leave a lot of great things undone. This idea of it not having any flaws or any um, uh, hiccups in the process leaves a lot of great accomplishments never actually accomplished. And so I'm trying to focus more on um, enduring and perfecting as I go than I am on uh, giving up when I think it's perfect. So my point in saying that is, you know, this I, my last episode was posted about two weeks ago, but here we are in this um, coronavirus, COVID pandemic, and I made a commitment to um, share my thoughts, my process, to continue to bring uh, positive and motivational and biblical uh, content your way so that you know your minds are still being built up and empowered in the midst of everything that's going on. So this week, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I um, had the honor of participating in um, a Good Friday uh, video compilation. So um, for, for those of you like, what are what is Good Friday? Good Friday is uh, traditionally, historically, the day um, that is identified as uh, the day that Jesus uh, went to Calvary. He was crucified. Um, Easter, Resurrection Sunday is three days later. Um, or two days later, Sunday, but three days on the Jewish calendar, uh, three days later is when he rose from the dead. But on Good Friday or on the Friday that Jesus was crucified, there were seven last 
sayings. There are seven last things that are recorded that Jesus said while he was on the cross. And so me and some other uh, ministers were going to be doing a Good Friday service, which a lot of churches do um, around the world. Um on 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 that on Good Friday, they have like a, what's called a seven last saying service, and so I was committed to doing a seven last saying service and to being one of the, the preachers. And so you'll have seven preachers come together and we'll give a short message, usually ten minutes or less, because think about it, it's seven sayings, and um, it was uh, seven uh, seven sayings, and so uh, ten minutes or less, and so. Instead of us being able to do that in person because of what's going on with COVID and uh, the coronavirus and the stay-at-home order and us being on quarantine, it's like, how about we do a video compilation of what we would have said in person and display it? through uh, Facebook and YouTube. And so the pastor who was in charge of organizing it, he went about doing that. And today's uh, podcast, I want to um, actually play the recording of the sermon I preached. I had the saying of Jesus um, in Luke that said, uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So while he's hanging on the cross, um, he cries out to the Father. And he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so um, many of us are at home and when we're at home we're, uh, and we're on quarantine, our, the reality of our existence is a little bit different than it was when we were out and about and we had the freedom to move about. And so um, I want to take this moment to take the message that I delivered that day and it, encourage your soul with it right now. The goodness and the love of God is still reaching us right here where we are in the midst of this chaos in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of trying times, I stopped by to tell you on this Good Friday that God is still good and his goodness is reaching you, that your circumstances may be difficult and you may not understand why we are faced with the coronavirus, how the entire world is impacted the way that it is. But regardless of what's going on, a good God is still contending for you and I. A good God is still looking out for us and has our best at heart. And that's what makes today good. That if you think about the uh, historical context and what Good Friday even stands for, no one would really say it was a good Friday for Jesus, that it was a fun Friday for Jesus, that in the midst of what Calvary represented, that Jesus desired to actually endure such pain and so, so much suffering. But what he knew was that on the other side of his suffering, on the other side of his pain, on the other side of the sacrifice that he made, that it provided a way for you and I to have reconciliation with God and for you and I to have a restored relationship with God. And so for him, goodness wasn't necessarily about what he went through, but what he knew the results of his decision would be. And so sitting right here at home, wherever you are, but you should be at home, um, on quarantine mode, we're just delivering some more goodness to you and letting you know about the love of God that extends to you right where you are. So I'm going to jump into it. I have the privilege of talking about um, one of the last sayings of Jesus, which was comes out of Luke chapter 23, verses 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Hanging on the cross in the most excruciating pain anyone can ever imagine, dying a criminal's death that he did not deserve, not just being killed, but being tortured. The cry of the heart of Jesus, looking out into the crowd and considering the, the, the torment he was going through at the hands of, of people that he would die for and that he would, he would fight for and that his life would count for. 
them not knowing what he what they were doing to him jesus cries out to the father he could have said all kinds of things but what he said to the father was father forgive them for they know not what they do when i read this passage and when i was praying and i was preparing to deliver this word today i was like god what do you want me to say to your children that will be tuning in what is the message that you want us to receive out of this and what god said to me and what i want to say to you today is that i want you to know that the love of god has made a way for you the love of god has made a way for us for the majority of us right now, we are stuck at home. We should be. We're stuck at home. And some for the, some of us, the scariest thing is for us to um, be faced with the reality of the thoughts that are going through our own minds. And some of those thoughts may include feelings of shame and unworthiness or feeling like um, uh, the rejection or whatever the things are that you may be feeling in your mind. You may consider decisions that you've made in your life. And, and normally, maybe you would have had an avoidance tactic, right? We, we get busy, we do stuff, we, we kind of run away from, from facing our own stuff. But right now, we don't have that option. We don't have the option to just be busy, to go here and to go there, and to, to allow the, um, the busyness of our lives to distract us from facing our own stuff, to distract us from facing our own thoughts, our own feelings of unworthiness, our own feelings of shame, our own feelings of guilt, or whatever those feelings are that you may feel. Um, and this may not apply to everybody, but somebody tuning in, you feel unworthy. You feel like the love of God is not for you. You feel like you've gone too far. You've done that sin you thought would never be your reality, whatever it may be. And now the pace of our lives has slowed down in such a way that it forces us to be a little bit more attentive to our own thoughts. And when we slow down and we're, we're a little bit more attentive to our own thoughts and our, our own flaws and our own sins and our own shortcomings, there's this kind of this gap between us and God that we've allowed to creep in. And we felt like the love of God is not for us. It's not extended for us. The grace of God is not extended to us. And really what that is, is it's the enemy of your soul. It's the devil, it's the accuser. He's, a, he's deceitful, he's a liar, he's toying with your mind and tormenting you because of mistakes that you've made. And you need to know that thousands of years ago, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, on his way to his death, but ultimately his resurrection, when he cried out to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, that at that moment, at that point, God was already making a way for us, that Jesus was already advocating for us. He knew every mistake we would ever make. He knew every shortcoming we would have. He knew the journey we would take and the shortcomings that we would face. And in that moment of his deepest agony and his deepest pain, he cried out to the Father for you and I and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do, that in our arrogance and in our ignorance, that in our lack of knowing, that in the lack of awareness that we would even need the love of God and we would even need the forgiveness of God and we would even need restoration and reconciliation with God. Jesus was thinking about us way back then and he cried out to the Father, for our forgiveness, for your forgiveness. And as you sit at home today and you are maybe troubled in your mind and troubled in your spirit and troubled in your heart and feeling like the love of God 
you are not worthy of. Jesus says not so. Now, some of you Bible scholars or some of you who are reading the message, uh, the passage, or maybe like me, you went and watched the, um, uh, 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 what's the, what's the movie with, with Jesus? The, you know what I'm talking about, the crucifixion story. You went and watched the crucifixion, the passion of Christ. And you thought he wasn't talking about me. Maybe he was talking about forgiving the Jews, the Jewish leaders, because they were the ones who were, um, uh, asking for Christ to be crucified or maybe he was asking for the um, Roman soldiers to be forgiven because they're the ones who actually executed the crucifixion but the truth of the matter that it is you and I it is the sins of the world that nailed Jesus on that cross and the truth of the matter is in that moment it wasn't so much about the Jewish leaders who asked for him to be crucified it wasn't so much about the Roman soldiers who executed the crucifixion but it was that the fact that Jesus says that no man takes my life this is in John he says no one John chapter 10 verse 18 he says no man takes life from me I sacrifice it voluntarily what that means is he knew that the only way that reconciliation and restoration of relationship with God would come about an ultimate perfect sacrifice. That he loved you and I so much that he said, I will be the final, now I will be the final sacrifice. There would be no more sacrificing of lambs and of bulls and of anything else that I will lay down my perfect life so that when I pick it back up, that every sin, every single sin, past, present, and to come, is covered by the blood of Christ right there on the cross. When he cried out to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In that moment, Jesus was making a way for you and I. In that moment, his love was extended beyond our mistakes. That the reality of our relationship with God is not about our worthiness. It's not about whether or not we deserve it. We don't. Many of us can, we struggle with forgiving ourselves. We, many of us struggle with forgiving ourselves because we don't think we deserve it. We don't think we're worthy of it. And the truth of the matter is our own perfections, our own righteousness is not what makes us deserving. It's not what makes us worthy. But it's the fact that God deems it so. It's the fact that Jesus says, I offer myself to them. And so my prayer for us is that in this season, of being at home and in this season of being more in tune with our own minds and in this season of the torment might be a little bit more heavy that you will receive the gift of the love of Christ that you would know that there is no sin that's too big or too little that that God doesn't say if you accept my forgiveness if you accept relationship with me that I have cleansed and cleansed your sight that my blood paid the cost and today is an opportunity for you not to be perfect today is an opportunity not for you to be uh without sin today is not the opportunity for you to never make a mistake again no today is the opportunity for you to realize that you are flawed for you to realize that you don't deserve God's love, but even in the lack of deserving it, God still extends it, and that's what's called grace. And so that is what my prayer is for you, that you understand that on the cross, hanging, dying, in pain, and in agony, this was a priority for Jesus. Relationship with you and I was priority, so much so that he cries out to the Father, and he says, Father, Forgive them for they know not what they do. And so my prayer is that if you're tormented today by a mistake that you made, if you're tormented today by decisions you made, that you understand that Jesus already advocated for you, that you understand that you were of utmost priority to Christ 
on that cross so much so that he would cry out in the middle of his torture, that he would cry out for you in the middle of his pain. So let's not let his gift go to waste. The thing about God is he doesn't force himself on us. That relationship with Jesus Christ is a gift. That forgiveness is a gift. And so if you will receive it today, it is yours. And the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that he has cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. So receive that gift today. Understand that Jesus loves you so much that in the middle of his pain, he will cry out, advocating for us that we will forget. We, you and I, will receive his forgiveness. Love y'all. As I said in the sermon, this may be a time where your mind has been forced to uh, acknowledge or face some of the not so pretty aspects of our your life, our lives, and our decisions. But my hope is that you would take some time and you would offer that over to the Lord. That you would take some time to believe that um, you are forgiven and you are loved, and that there's freedom in Christ. And so, while this time of quarantine may have forced you into a, a space to acknowledge and recognize those things you didn't want to deal with. Remember that nothing that happens in our lives um, is is God is, is not a part of. God is a part of all of it. And perhaps even in the craziness of everything that's going on, God has orchestrated this moment for you, for us to uh, to get a little bit closer with him and to draw in to, um, into him and not to run or to hide anymore, but to receive the grace and the forgiveness that he has offered us and to move forward living a life um, of freedom not of bondage or the shame shame or the shackles that the enemy would try to uh, hold us in. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to extend that, that, that offer to you. Really, it's God extending it to us um, in this moment of our lives. And I pray that it's not just another message you've heard, but it, it is, it is a reminder of the love and the forgiveness of God that is, is extended to you. Um, maybe you want to journal, you know, slow down and do some journaling, some time of reflecting and processing. So it's not just kind of going in one ear and out the other, but it's an opportunity to have an encounter with God right there during quarantine in your home. Um, find a space if you can and kind of just block yourself out. Even if you got to go sit in your car, if that's the only alone space you can have, make it happen. This is your moment with God. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharp and Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Queen Liana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharp and Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.